everybody. It's good to be back. Twenty twenty been wild, ain't it? <laughs> yeah. Um. I didn't really know where to start this. Um, the more I'm getting into doing this kind of thing, the more authentic I'm trying to be. The more I'm trying to make sure that I do this for myself just as well as I do this for everybody that's listening. Um, that was always my philosophy, at least after my dad died and I started doing this podcast kind of for real and not kind of in a gimmick type of way. To be real with myself and pay it forward to others. And um, I haven't been on lately because I've been encountering really being real with myself. So this is kind of new to me. Um, Every time I step on here, I don't really always know exactly what I'm going to say. And, um, it's just been more and more important to try to create spaces in which there's not a need for a mask. And this is one of those spaces for me. You know, I really want to try to make sure that I am true to who I am and whoever that developing person is. And I don't know all what that, that means, but that's the point of this journey, right? You know, if we can all walk with each other, you feel me? We can walk each other to the place that we're supposed to be. And I guess right now I kind of feel like the parts of myself that I was and the parts of myself that I am and the parts of myself that I will be are starting to kind of converge together. And bro, I don't know how I really feel about this. But and, 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 and for the sake of myself and for this conversation, man, we're going to get into it. Um, I want to first tell y'all, man, I really appreciate everybody that listens to me, you know, that you guys download this podcast and stuff. I always talk about how this was once a gimmick, but it is something that I enjoy doing and I'm like really glad and I love doing this. Um, this service has always blessed me and not even just blessed me, but like it's given me the ability to interview, the ability to have platforms. And even beyond that, it's given me the ability to connect and be connected. And man, I, I cannot tell you how much I appreciate every person that listens and downloads and, 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 and checks it out. I never thought I'd be doing a podcast, you know, and it's just interesting how sometimes you end up where you're trying to go, not trying to go there. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a thing, too. But anyways, um, what had been on my heart, y'all, it had been to talk about uh, the feelings. Um, I've been talking about feelings a lot, like, you know, it's okay to not be okay and things of that nature. Um, disappointment has been something I've been um, allowing myself to do and experience. And I guess I kind of want to bring more of a, a, a wider perspective on what that is and, like, 
what does it really mean in the context of faith and spirituality and all that stuff like that. And yeah, I'm going to sound like a teacher for a little bit, but I'm also just a person that's learning. So, um, I had a conversation with one of my, um, my, 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 my homies and we, we, we do a lot of, um, um, ministry related things. And I, I do not like church terms. I, as much as I talk about spirituality, I don't like church terms at all. I've still got some things that I'm reconciling with in regards to some experiences I had in the church. So I don't really care much for terms like church and ministry and things of that nature, but it is ministry in the rawest sense of the word. You know, basically, you know, it's just us going out and, you know, being a light and encouragement and blessing people and stuff. I got a brother we do ministry with. Anyways, we talk or whatever. And, uh, a while back he said something to me Well, we were talking and I, I think I might've just been talking cause I love doing that. I loved, uh, telling stories. And some of that comes from some, some things and areas in which I am healing from, but I really do love telling stories. So, uh, I think we were talking and I said, you know, it, what if the things in which we're most ashamed of are the things in which God wants to use the most? And, you know, you could use God in whatever context you want, depending on whether you think that's, you know, you feel it's a human spirit, you feel whatever context, you know, works for you. For me, it's just my own sense of spirituality and my sense of Christianity for me. So that's Jesus when I say that. But it really, it, whatever context it means to you, it's perfectly fine. I just wanted to say, God said to me, like, what if, what if, what if, what if it meant, that the very thing you ashamed of be the very thing God trying to use. So I'm like, okay, um, those things are not things that I have always liked looking at. And every, and we, we get that a lot. Oh, well, no one likes looking at their, you know, dark side or shadow side or shadow consciousness, whatever it is you want to talk, you know, you, you, you come at it at, but nobody likes looking at that. And, um, I don't, like feeling disappointed it sucks i have felt fear around feeling disappointment for a long time because of how my dad acted and um there were just a lot of things that weren't allowed in my house especially emotions of a certain type and disappointment was also not one of them it was like borderline illegal to be disappointed like I've been cussed out before, you know, by my dad, by, for being disappointed. Like, how dare you? Like if I got, if I was disappointed, I was called spoiled. Like, how dare you be disappointed about anything? So I grew up fearing disappointment because to me, disappointment meant disconnection. And I always wanted ways to be connected with my dad. And my dad could be very mercurial. He could be one minute you know, overly involved to the point of boundary violation and the next minute ridiculously distant. Like, so I would try to find a balance in between that. And, you know, here you are trying to find a balance as a kid. And my my mom had times like doing like that too. You know, she would go in and out of being emotionally available and I'd be like, bro, what am I supposed to do in this situation? So disappointment became something I felt terrified to feel. So I would literally do anything. I would become the answer person. I'd be the person with the solution. I would do anything out of the fear of feeling disappointed because if I felt disappointed, it was going to show on my face. And if it showed on my face, it was going to be bad news. So now my dad is not here anymore. You know, he passed away and here I am 
with all these other feelings and now I'm, I'm processing. And one of them is disappointment. A major one is disappointment. Disappointment in small things. Disappointment in larger things. Disappointment in just things. It's just as disappointing sometimes if you don't get, you know, your Chipotle the right way as much as it can be when, you know, you lose a relationship or something like that. Like those things are all profoundly disappointing. And for me, disappointment was not something that I've ever really known how to accept until just recently have I been doing work around disappointment and just allowing it to be here, to be present and be like, you get to feel disappointed now. And holy crap, bro. I do not want to go there. I have wanted to kind of, because see, I've always had this image of myself in my head, you know, a positive, capable person. When I would listen to music and stuff like that, I'd be in the zone and I could just convince myself that I was this person. Like, I would all I could put myself in this imagination in which I was the person I wanted to be. And really, that person was a conglomeration of every time that I got rejected. What if I had said the cool thing instead of the not cool thing? So I've always had this image of myself in my head of somebody who was either invulnerable in certain ways, either. I was just unable to be harmed or touched or, you know, everyone was afraid of me. So I was safe because nobody was going to say anything to me. And uh, all of these different uh, fantasy illusions of who I've wanted to be. And even sometimes just a more patient, more humble, more kind version of myself. And I would obsess. I've obsessed. I've obsessed with this person. And you say, well, why can't you? And I say, why can't you just be yourself? Well, you may not be saying that, but I've definitely said that to me. Why can't you just be yourself? And that's the part of me that does not want to be disappointed. Disappointment has always been an overwhelmingly terrifying feeling for me. And it became more intense because of the fact that I don't think I got to process it a whole lot as a kid. So as an adult, disappointment would oftentimes feel overwhelming. Like, So I would do anything I could to avoid feeling disappointed. If something didn't work out, I would try to find every single way to avoid the feeling of disappointment. Not allow the feeling, but avoid it. And recently, I have been able to allow myself to feel disappointed about things. Um, My first spiritual mentor let me down. He let me down bad, like. He really let me down bad. And I had always been terrified to feel disappointed in him because it was like, how can you feel disappointed in somebody that tried their best? You cannot. You are not allowed to feel disappointed in somebody that tried their best. You cannot show disappointment. And I feel like for once I kind of did and. It was overwhelming. Just the sense of, holy crap, I am let down by this person. Like, bro, I don't want no recompense. I don't want nothing to change right now. I want to be, I just want to feel this for a second. 
Because I know things have already changed. Everything around me has changed for the better, and it continues to change for the better. I have so many positive things that happen around me, it's hard to even number them. And I feel disappointed. I guess that's kind of the revelation I've been getting lately is, bro, you don't have to choose between one or the other. Like, you don't have to choose to, don't be disappointed, be happy. You 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 don't choose between one or the other. You can allow for both of them. And there can be room for both feelings. There can be room for disappointment about something that you may have thought you were getting. And elation about something that you really did get. You can feel, you can be allowed to feel excited about one thing and disappointed about another outcome. Maybe you get you know, something that you wanted and it didn't come the way you anticipated or it didn't come how you anticipated. Um, but one doesn't have to cancel out the other. And that's what I've been working on with me and even with my walk with God and everything like that. It's like in, in church, you're often taught, you know, don't feel A, feel B. And how dare you feel A because Jesus went through A through Z. So how dare you feel anything? And even in the Bible, it says that Jesus was tempted and and was a man well acquainted with grief and sorrows. And he said that if we were to follow his example, if you could just call him according to the Bible, you follow that example, then it's okay for you to feel those things because he did. Even if you wanted to go to the base bare point of what his example was, it's okay to feel those things. And it's just to break up some of the uh, church culture that's been brought up is you have a lot of culture that says you cannot feel these things. It is not right. It is not true. And it is not what Jesus did. And absolutely is what Jesus did. So that's just for the church folk that may be watching or listening or whatever and saying, you know, I don't know if it's okay for me to feel this. Look. Yeah, it is. We can feel disappointed in somebody we can feel disappointed because a lot of us have been truly disappointed and let down and those things deserve honor and it's it's kind of hard sometimes to allow yourself to do that when you taught in society bro don't do that and especially as a black man we are taught in society you better not you better stiff upper lip you know you you keep your keep your head up you know go hustle you know go 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 chase a bag you know don't worry about x y and z you know go chase some money and that's why our men are hurting that's why our men are unhappy that's why our women are unhappy it's because we were taught you don't feel because you survive i was just watching a good show about this and uh, it was a it was a business show, and this guy um, it sounds more humble than it is, but um, this guy was talking right, and he says he says it's hard for you to focus on growing a business or doing anything other than that when your only interest is in survival because you have to survive. And I think that that's how a lot of us are right now in in general. A lot of us are feeling it in twenty twenty is this primal desire to just try to exist to try to live to try not to just throw themselves off of a building somewhere and i'm not trying to trigger anyone that's dealing with suicide or anything like that right now i always wanted to make this a safe place but 
a lot of us are feeling that stress, that strain, and they're like, well, what is wrong with me? And maybe it's not that something is wrong with us, but we are having a response that is overwhelming because we are feeling overwhelmed. And for me, it's just been an acknowledgement that in a lot of good ways and in some ways that have been really painful, this year has felt overwhelming. I mean, um, like I said, I lost a spirit, my, my spiritual father figure who I had literally before our falling out, I had talked to that man several times a day on the day. You know, this was somebody that I was used to communicating with and we hadn't communicated like that in a while. But all of a sudden I find out two weeks later from my God brother that he was dead and I was still texting that man. He was dong dead. And I found that out in June and it's December now. And I feel like some of this stuff is, is coming up. But not only did I just feel, you know, sad and, and grief that he's gone, relief as well. Because, again, that relationship wasn't the best, at least toward the end. And also disappointment. There is nothing more disappointing, at least to me, than being promised something by somebody that you genuinely trust. And them failing you. And I just wanted to sit with that for a second. There's, at least for me, there's nothing more prob- There's nothing more painful than being promised something by somebody that you trusted. Banking on them. And they let you down. So many of us are feeling that. Not even just with people, but with circumstance, whatever. A lot of us are feeling that. You're feeling let down. Feeling played. Feeling betrayed. And most importantly, feeling disappointed. We're always taught, as men especially, turn that disappointment into anger. Or turn it into laughter. That's why you have so many of our black men that are are, are, are dancing around and are just overly, abundantly happy. And you think, oh, that person is happy. And they say, no. They are happy, but they are also using that as a method to distract themselves from the overwhelming pain they are trying not to feel. I can see it on their faces sometimes. I'm like, they're not happy. Because happiness isn't always just being bubbly. At least in my experience, it isn't. I tried for a year. Like, I literally just said, you know what? I'm going to be positive vibes only. I ain't going to say nothing negative. I'm just every word out of my mouth going to be positive. And I felt just like that, bubbly, happy. But I was also miserable on the inside because it's kind of like making sure that your house is clean but never taking out the trash. The trash is still there. And the trash was at one point food which in which you consumed and enjoyed. But it needs to go out and it needs to be allowed. It needs to be addressed. It needs to be acknowledged. But you clean the rest of your house but you never take out the trash. So your house still smells clean but there's always something underneath it. And that's just like how I felt. Because I wasn't allowing myself at that point, and that was the best I knew how to do. But I wasn't allowing myself at that point to grieve. I was just trying to do what everybody else does. Hustle, be happy, you know, get out there, do something productive, go work out. And that's why you have people that seem like they're well-adjusted, and all of a sudden you find out that, you know, they didn't want to be on the earth no more. And you say, well, what happened? And they say, well, being well-adjusted on the outside doesn't mean that you feel that way on the inside. It just means that you are well-adjusted. The outside adjustment oftentimes is for another person. There's a book that I read and it's about grief recovery and it talks about this where it says Academy Award running recovery where you don't feel safe being down around somebody. So you make sure that you do certain things to make yourself up 
because you don't want that person to abandon you or leave you or you don't want to feel like you're too much of a burden or something like that. And I feel that in some cases we do ourselves a real disservice. And I know that in myself, I've been working on trying to sit with myself and, you know, my mom has been great in helping me with that. You know, she's giving me a lot of space and stuff like that. And so sometimes I'll try to communicate and say, Hey mom, thanks for giving me, thanks for this, this, the space and patience for me to just sit with whatever I was feeling. Um, and I have needed this in a way that I never imagined that I would, especially feeling, um, just, just the right to just feel disappointed. I feel disappointed in my dad. I feel disappointed in my mentor. I feel disappointed sometimes in my own decisions. And feeling that is okay. I promised y'all I'd be real about it. Even though, even as it's it's okay, it, it, it also feels overwhelming too. It just felt like a wave of just anger, shame, frustration, uh, anxiousness, longing. Oh yeah, these two longing, loneliness. We're always taught we shouldn't be lonely. We shouldn't feel lonely. What 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 is that? Why do we say things like that? You know, you got to be content with yourself. What? Why do we say things like that? Loneliness is a normal feeling. Longing is a normal feeling. It's a desire. It comes usually from a place of a deep need that wasn't met and the need compounds because it was ignored. It is an honest feeling. And it is a feeling. It is an internal response to a perceived external stimuli. It could really be the thing. It could not be the thing. But the internal response is just as real. And I have been guilty most of my life of just trying to cover it up. Nope, nope, nope. That's not real. Nope. You got to put a smile on your face. Nope. You know, I have methods of putting serotonin in my body to where I don't feel like I'm grieving. And sometimes I have to remind myself, Brandon, you are still grieving. And that's okay. That is okay. And even if it wasn't okay then, which is worth feeling disappointed about, it wasn't okay then, and I feel very disappointed about that. And it is okay now. I guess it's kind of like the more I make room for other feelings like shame, disappointment, anger, resentment, Things that we always classify as negative. The more room I also have for other emotions that also show up alongside of them. Because I might feel disappointed, but I also might feel relieved. You know, I might feel regret and rage, but I also might feel contentment. And we're often taught, well, you can't feel one without the other. Well, yeah, you can. You can feel one and the other. I'm sorry, let me correct that. You can feel one and the other at the same time. There is space for all of them, even if all of them don't take up all of the space. 
I'm working on just allowing my feelings to just be there to say, hey, you have the right to exist. (sighs) Shame is also another one. Shame is looked at in a lot of ways. um, And it's not honestly... It's not treated with a lot of honesty. Um, Shame is one of those things that we would like to not exist, and it does. Um, It's an overwhelming sense of failure in an identity at least that's what it's felt to me like i always say that like regret and guilt says i have done something wrong and shame says i am something wrong and shame is very common um it's one of the driving factors i think in the way that people act when they act overly abusive or they seem like they're just unable to process something you know in the times i've been unable to just process anything or take accountability for anything that i've said and done usually i was feeling some type of deep shame some sense of i am not good enough and you don't understand that and shame is also an indicator there are a lot of times to say man people are like man i just pray away anxiety and depression i say why these are indicators They're indicators toward who we are, who we have been, who we're feeling. We're not depressed people or anxious people. We're people that are feeling anxious and depressed and maybe whatever it is you might be feeling. And depression really is is, is a mixture, at least in my experience, it's a mixture of other feelings. It's usually some type of uh, um, shame, uh, regret, um it's a mixture of, uh, it's like a cocktail of different feelings. It's just like rage is a cocktail of different feelings too. And the more we give ourselves space to say, this is okay for me to feel. And I want to make a disclaimer here. There are some people that I know are going to be listening to this that are not in a safe space to be able to feel that. I want to tell you first and foremost, I am so sorry that you have had to experience what you've experienced. And I want to tell you, too, this is for you when you are able to be able to experience those things in a safe way. What we learn in survival, at least what I've learned, is that survival is not learned for no reason. You learn to survive because you had to survive. Every tactic, every trait that I've had, the ability to not make myself feel disappointment, all that stuff, all that stuff allowed me to survive. It allowed me to survive, you know. Uh, feeling emotionally neglected by my dad and all these different things like that. It allowed me to be able to keep somewhat of a level head and it. All the things I learned were, were ways of survival. And that's perfectly okay because survival is a valid understanding and a method to do. It is what why the human race is so resilient. However, it does not and never does lend to what it takes in order to live and be vibrant. Being vibrant goes beyond surviving. So in part of my living, living is allowing myself to be regulated and be okay with whatever I'm regulating. 
So if I'm regulating disappointment, that just means that it's being regulated instead of just being unconsciously guiding my decisions. I'm a believer that what we don't regulate unconsciously guides us. So it's still there. It just guides it just guides you in a backwards way. So it's like, well, you're not paying attention to me. You're ignoring me. I'm just going to show up in another way. So that was one of the things I saw out of some of the male mentorship I had, even with um, um, my spiritual mentor. He would say this off the time. He said, yeah, I, I don't get anxious. You know, I'm never depressed. But you could see I could see it guiding him in certain directions. And I'd be like, this is still grief and depression showing up. It's just showing up in another way. And I feel disappointed that he was not able to listen to me. I feel disappointed in that. I also wanted to give a couple tips that I've been learning about feeling your feelings and it may help help you. What we're oftentimes used to doing is justifying what we feel, especially if you've had to be in a survival situation. We're used to justifying what we feel like. I feel this way because I feel upset and this is why I feel upset. We're used to saying why because usually we're used to being questioned or told that we're not it's not right to feel what you're feeling. When you're in a safe place and you're in an environment in which you can say that, you can just start saying, I feel this and leave it at that. You don't have to say, I feel this because you can say, I feel X, you know, and that's that's going to lend space for two things, your own feelings and the feelings of somebody else. Maybe you desire to be in a relationship, you know, maybe you desire to be in a healthy relationship that, you know, mirrors the mirror something that is going to cause you both to grow as opposed to causing you both to, you know, go backwards or whatever. In order to do that, it it requires a certain level of um, emotional willingness. And so letting your feelings be when you're in a safe place gives you the, the space to make room for somebody else. Because... Somebody else may not be sharing the same experience as we are. You know, I may not, you know, and my girlfriend or whatever, she may not be sharing the same experience as me. Um, I may be feeling one thing and she may be feeling something completely different. And the point is, is that we are able to allow ourselves to be okay and support each other in empathy without having to, to, to be enmeshed with someone else's reality. And that's the goal is to... It's for me to feel what I'm feeling and her to feel what she's feeling and me to have empathy for her and her to have empathy for me in supporting me and me supporting her without us absolutely having to just be completely enmeshed in that person's world. Like when they're upset, you're upset and we can all have our same. We can all have different feelings. We can have different experiences. And so that lends for compassion, too, because what if somebody has a different experience than you? Do you have to feel like you have to correct them or your experience isn't valid? And honestly, for me, that that's what I had felt. I felt like I always had to correct everybody I was around because if I didn't correct them or get them to see things the way I saw them, then my experience was invalid. And that was a genuine survival thing that I had to experience because that was what I felt when I was dealing with my dad, which was if I didn't make sure that he understood my experience was valid, then it then to him it wasn't valid. And I could get punished because of his 
lack of belief in whatever I experienced. And so those were actual things that happened. And so that was a survival method. And in living, there's room for two people to have two different experiences. So that's been my main thing is figuring out and allowing myself to do this. So one thing that's worked for me is just saying, this is my experience. And that's that. These are my feelings and that's that. And just even if you're not able to say it to other people, just allowing yourself to say it in your own presence, saying, I feel X and that's what I feel. And get used to not feeling like we getting ourselves more used to not feeling like we have to leaning in. That's a better word. Leaning in to not justifying our feelings, to just letting our feelings be feelings. Some feelings, I always say the feminine and the feelings are not rational. They're not designed to be that way. They're designed to be. The the, the, the feminine feeling aspect is what helps us to be and not to do. The masculine teaches us how to do. It's about making decisions. It's about making, you know, uh, making progress. It's about one step, one, two, three, four, and five. And the feminine, and I don't mean feminine in the sense of female. I mean feminine in the sense of we all have masculine and feminine within us. And just for, for everybody to know, if you do and you're somebody that does, you know, read the Bible and you're a Christian, that is biblical because it is something that, um, because if you read that and you believe what, you know, the Bible says, then Adam came, then Eve came from Adam. So Adam had both Adam and Eve in him before Eve came from Adam. So it's just so you know, masculine and feminine is real. Um, it's just to say that the feminine just wants to feel. It wants to exist. It wants to be allowed. It just wants to be whatever it is. And it gets there when it gets there. And there needs to be a balance between the two. You know, the masculine driving and the feminine kind of just being. And both of them supporting each other. And sometimes we relegate feminine to female and masculine to male. And that's not entirely true. Um, But the feminine needs to just be given a place to exist. Feelings are not rational. You can feel irrationally upset about something or irrationally happy about something that to somebody else doesn't logically make any sense. You might just, somebody might say, oh, that's a nice hat. And you might not have been complimented about having a hat in three years. And you might remember the fact that that person told you nice hat for five years. And somebody say, why are you always so irrationally happy every time you feel that way? Well, because feelings don't have to be rational all they have to do is be allowed and i think that that's the 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 common thread in which we go wrong we think feelings have to be controlled but really i don't think that they have to be controlled as long as they're allowed and as long as they're given permission then they can be regulated i don't think they have to be allowed just i mean i don't have to be controlled but regulated so oftentimes we want to control our feelings and our feelings aren't designed to be controlled i don't think they feel that they're designed to be regulated we're designed to lean into things um one of the people i look up to as a um, relationship mentor i always mention him in my podcast brian reeves i look up to him because um there are some things in which he says that i really agree with and one of the things he says is no good solutions come from a state of disconnection 
And I think that that applies to not even just relationships related stuff, but just our own inner in, internal stuff. When we're not connected with ourselves, with God, with whatever it is you believe, if you're not connected, there is no resolution. There's no good conclusions. There are no solutions when we're not connected because we're not really connecting with what our root is. So I I'll, I'll label this experience. Um, recently, not too long ago, I we I I'd ordered some food, and typically uh, every time I order food, my food is always flawless. And this one time, um, it, it was a rare occurrence, but this one time, um. I got my food and there was something missing on my food and it was missing on all of our food. And I felt profoundly disappointed about that. And I just felt really disappointed. And for the first time in a while, I, I don't want to say first time, but I, I allowed myself to actually just feel disappointed. And that's when I started to come to some revelations about disappointment is we're often taught that we shouldn't feel disappointed. You should never feel sad. You should never feel ungrateful. But those are feelings. You might feel that a need is not being met, and that's why you feel disappointed. And I don't think it was about not having food or not having the food I wanted, but it it, it felt to me like a rejection. It felt to me like a a shaming, like a failure on my part. And not only that, it brought up some triggers that I'd been having in regards to my family and allowing myself to feel that opened me up for a a pretty intense wave of feeling disappointed. And also I also felt more at peace. I felt more elated. I felt more stable. I felt more grounded as I was feeling disappointed. And so what I feel learning is that I'm able to communicate better. I'm able to process things better as I am able to allow myself to feel some of those things that I normally would not. Normally in that situation, I would have just looked and gone like, oh, okay, well, that's just something that happened. And maybe I would have just tried to fix it or order somewhere else or do something else and, you know, do anything to avoid feeling disappointed and, you know, find something funny to laugh about. And that was something that I always, you know, used to do. And I realized that, well, that's why people deal with what they're dealing with is because they feel that it is not safe, it is not right, it is not correct, that those feelings are negative, and I don't feel that they are. They are just feelings. They belong there. They're important, but they are not all important. And the more we allow our feelings, the more we're able to let them be regulated. And they end up being regulated. So um, I've been really, oh man. been really working at this man and I do man I just I still feel just just a mixture of things I feel again still just disappointed even just feeling it and just feeling also some relief and just like why are you so negative and that's just a belief system But it's just me coming to terms like, oh, I feel this. I feel this. 
I feel this. And that's okay. I feel this. Oh, man. And I... I, uh, I wanted to add this too. It's okay to take up space. And I want to speak to the people, you know, regardless of where your environment is. Even if you just start doing it internally, you you are not under pressure to do it. I just want to tell you that it is going to be okay to take up space. Sometimes we, we feel like I'm feeling like I'm going, oh man. And the first thing I'm thinking is, oh, I got to apologize on my podcast. I got to, I got to apologize. Cause what if I'm, I'm making people uncomfortable? And the reality is, is that just like I deserve to take up space. So do you, you deserve to take up space. You deserve to not be everything that someone thinks you are. And you deserve to be what you actually are. I deserve to be what I actually am. And I really feel that the more we do this, the more it lends to compassion, the more when you see that crazy driver on the street and they seem like they deliberately disrespected you, the more compassion that you have for that person and realizing that that person is not even thinking about you when they're thinking about doing that. Even if they've aimed it at you, they're still not thinking about you. They're thinking about whatever issues that they had with their own parents or own lives or whatever. They're thinking about their own stuff. They're not even thinking about you. And it just lends to more compassion. And so just certain emotions, longing, loneliness, what, what, are, what are they there for? What are they trying to show us? Not that something is wrong with us, but maybe just something is there. And maybe it just needs to be given air. Maybe it just needs to be given space to breathe. And so feelings like longing, loneliness, numbness, uh, shame, uh, resentment, contempt, things of those natures. We say, I don't want to admit that I feel these things. And maybe that's a process too, but I just want to help all of us in just saying like, it's okay. It's And not only that, I want to tell you right now, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. I just want to bless everybody even right now. That everybody under the sound of my voice. I prophesied it and and just want to say. Because some of our words are prophetic. I just want to say man. It's going to be okay. And feeling what you're feeling is proof. That that's okay. So I just thank you, God, that you are guiding everybody to that version of themselves, that they allow themselves to be connected. The people that allow them safety. God, that you guide in these people to each other so that ultimately they'll see what it is you're trying to show them. God, I thank you for guiding us all just to where and who we need to be around And I just thank you, God, for all the lessons and things that you've been teaching and just the opportunity to not only experience what I'm experiencing, but to be there and be present. (sighs) 
So I just bless you guys, man, in Jesus' name. Amen. So, I want to give everybody a chance to just kind of take a deep breath. Not release your feelings, but just let them be. And maybe take stock of what it is you're actually feeling. What's going on in your heart? What's going on in your mind? What What are you feeling? Maybe write it down. I'll tell you that right now I'm feeling a little bit tense. Some relief. Some stress. Some feel like some backed up grief and some emotions and some excitement, tension in my lower body. And then we're going to say this together. This is what I feel. And it's okay. I love y'all, man. I hope to see y'all in the next one. Peace out.